Hello and welcome back to Super Necessary. Uh, today we're joined by two of Next Gen's best fighters, uh, Nathan Fletcher and Matt Bonner. How's it going, What's guys? Boys? Okay. Thanks very much for joining us. Really appreciate you taking the time. Pleasure. Oh, nice one for having us on. So, first of all, we did have this planned a few weeks back. Uh, we, we put it on our Twitter and everything, and then we kind of all come to a decision to uh, postpone this for a little while because uh, you're sort of getting your fights sorted out for your first ones of the year. Uh, so, Matt, you're fighting on the 19th, and Nathan, you're fighting the following night uh, on the same card as, as Paddy. Uh, so, can you tell us a, a little bit about your opponents, uh, if you want to go first, Matt? Uh, I'm fighting James Webb. Who's the he's the ex Cage Warriors champion? He got dethroned by Natius Frederick, who still holds the belt. Uh, he's he's good. He's you know he's you have to be good if you if you're ex Cage Warriors world champion. But he's I think he's quite predictable in what he does. I think I've got a good idea how he's going to approach the fight. And I think I've got the tools to uh to beat him and put myself in hopefully the the number one contendership spot. To be fair. So is that is that next is that your next? what you're eyeing up next if you if you are able to beat them? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, as far as I'm aware, I don't think there's anyone on the roster who's kind of fought the level that I fought. If you just look at the last kind of two guys, George Smith was on a, a five-fight winning streak. Uh, Matt Inman, kind of a UK MMA legend, he'd had, that was his 31st fight. He'd won 20 of those fights. Um, so I kind of think for, for me, there's no real kind of other challenger to get past uh, after this one, after after getting past Webb, that was that for me is the fight that makes sense. Yeah, and uh, yourself, Nathan, you're fighting the following night uh, on the same card as Paddy. Must be great for you to fight on the same card as him. Yeah, um, the other week Paddy came in the gym and he said that he heard that I was opening up the main card, um, so I was buzzing with that, thinking you know what I mean that's a nice position to be in. Uh, and then a couple of days later, Paul came in, me coach, and said. No, I've spoke to Ian. I think you're on the prelims, mate. So I was like, I was pausing for a little bit. That was going to be on the main card, but uh, I don't think that's happening now. So I'm, I'm still on the prelims for now. But I've got a good opponent. I'm fighting um, Michelle Martignoni. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. He's Italian. <laughs> yeah, so I probably yeah. butchered his name then. But uh, yeah, he's decent. There's not a lot on him, to be honest. He's only had one fight on Cage Warriors. He beat Wesley Meyer, who's, you know, a decent level, a good striker. A very different style to me. Um, but he's 6-0, he's undefeated, so it's a good name to take out. And obviously, like I said, he just beat Wesley, who's like another good name in the division. So that's going to put me right up there, getting a win and especially a finish over him. I think that'll put me um, right up there in my division. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to get in there. Oh, what do you think is the biggest threat that your opponents pose against you? That would stop you just getting that win. Come on, Matt, you want to go? Uh, yeah, well, uh, I would say for James, he, he's kind of, he's a good finisher in terms of his submission skills. And he, he's kind of, he will stall the fight almost. He'll press you up against the cage. He'll, he'll hold you there. He'll take his time. He'll take you down. He'll hold you there. He'll throw a little bit of ground and pound. He just seems to be able to do just enough to be able to kind of hold you down. And like I say, kind of, kind of spoil the fight in some kind of way. And then, you know, you'll you'll rush, you'll you'll leave a gap open, and there's the rear naked choke around triangle that he likes to do. So that's that's the kind of the thing that I've approached this camp with, with you know, being strong off my back, being able to get up, being strong on the cage, 
Uh, that's where I see James kind of wanting to take the fight, and that's where he's wanting to take the fight for the last, you know, at least the last six fights that I've watched of him. So is is the main object then to keep that fight standing? Would you say? Yeah, for, yeah, sir. certainly after my Inman fight, where I think I've yeah. really finally. It, it, it's a strange one because I started as a strike and then I went more to kind of a wrestler grappler and now I'm finding my feet back to being a striker again. But yeah, I, th- I think, you know, approaching this fight in terms of wanting to get a nice finish with the hands and, and, and show my stand up again would be the, the way to go for me for sure. Yeah. And what about, what about you, Nathan? Um, my opponent's fairly well rounded. I think we saw him grapple more against Wesley. Yeah. But I don't think he's going to take that approach from me. I think that was because he was getting outstruck. Uh, so I think he fancies himself as a bit of a, a striker. He's got a few knockouts on his record. Um, but obviously, my grappling is a different level to anyone else he's ever fought. So yeah. I think he's going to come in and look to try and stand with me. But to be honest with you, I'm not I'm not too worried about his stand-up either. I think he's not like a, a high-skilled striker. He's more of like a, a you know, he's got, got a powerful punch. He throws like one or two shots at a time doesn't really like set things up he's not like a big combination puncher it's just like an overhand right and a left hook that he's catching people with um so to be honest i'm confident wherever the fight takes place but i think my main advantage is going to be in the grappling um like it is with pretty much anyone else a fight you know what i mean yeah. so i'm yeah. confident that i'll be able to go in there and implement my game plan you know get the takedown and um, put on a grappling clinic yeah absolutely yeah Nathan, you mentioned this fight's going to still be on the prelims with fans like not being allowed in and stuff like that, does does it still feel like a prelim or does it all just kind of feel like one big card at the minute? Um, to be honest with you, it's probably better the earlier on your fight because uh, like with this one, you, we've got we've all got to go down together. Um, no matter if you're like the the main event or the first fight of the night, you've all got to get the coach from the Cage Warriors Hotel to the venue. So you just be sat around waiting. Um, if you uh, if you were fighting later on in the night. Um, so I don't mind getting it out of the way earlier, but it's just nice that the main card, there's just a little bit more, um, a little bit more eyes on you and stuff like that. A uh, big bit of a bigger platform. And I thought with me being on a, a four fight, when you can finish in everyone and in being six and oh, I thought that maybe it would have made the main card. But um, obviously that just shows how stacked the uh, the whole trilogy is that even a fight as good as that is is still a prelim fight. And it doesn't help that my teammate Liam Gittins, he's a, he's a couple of fights ahead of me. And he's uh, fighting Brian Booland, who's obviously quite well known as well. So I think they're going to get the main card spot, opening up the main card. So Liam's <laughs> beat me there. But it is what it is. I know I'll have uh, I'll have plenty of main card slots over the next year or two anyway, fighting on Cage Warriors. So I'm not that bothered, really. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so how, how did you both get started in, in combat sports? I started when I was 10. I have a twin brother, uh, Daniel. He's, a, he's still a Thai boxer. He's uh, number 12 in the world at his weight class. Um, and we both started when we were 10 years old. Um, did that for about five, six years. Enjoyed it, but then we ended up moving to Wales. I'm originally from Warrington, where I live now. And then when we moved to Wales, we ended up watching... Um, it was the first time we had Sky TV and we ended up watching The Ultimate Fighter. It was the first time we'd ever seen MMA before. I think it was, if I remember rightly, the BJ Penn and Jens Bulver season. And then we were kind of hooked from there then. And we were desperate to do MMA. He ended up buying a car, doing driving lessons and driving down to, to witness from Wales to train with uh, at the Wolf Slayer by Mike Bisping and you know, Rampage and Chet Congo were training at the time. And 
loved it to be fair absolutely loved it and then Dan Dan, my brother he's kind of found his way back to Thai boxing but he did originally do MMA at the same time as me and what about you Nathan? yeah I uh, I think I was about 13 or 14 and just one of my schoolmates Kieran um, was doing it a bit at a gym in Southport called the Dog Pit and uh, I don't even know what it was really I wanted to do some form of, of combat sports I just I didn't like the idea of because I was always like fairly small and that in school I didn't like the idea of anyone being able to say anything to me I mean not being able to defend myself do you know what I mean I just didn't I didn't like that idea so um I think I started off I, I tried me and a bit of boxing for like a week or two at a club in Ormskirk and then my mate Key basically said like listen um fuck that boxing off you want to you want to try this MMA it's the real deal it's proper fighting so I went down to the dog pit with him and he just tapped me out about 15 times, we were doing a grappling session. And uh, yeah, he tapped me out a load. And then ever since then, I literally was just hooked. I realised I knew fuck all about fighting. Um, so yeah, I got addicted to it then. And then uh, there was a fella there called Carl McGrath, um, who was like an ex-GB wrestler back in his day. He was probably about 60 or 70 years old when he, when he was coaching us wrestling there. But uh, he used to be a good wrestler back in his day. And then he started taking me and my mate Adam Cullen down to Wigan. Uh, to like Aspel Warriors and all that, the wrestling clubs there. And then I met um, a lad called Charlie Bowling, who's like one of the best wrestlers in the UK at the minute. And he's won like Commonwealth bronze medals and stuff like that. Uh, so I started going there most nights. Um, and then ended up doing like freestyle wrestling for a few years and like competing in that uh, until we found Next Gen. It was probably about four or five years ago now. Adam found it, me mate Adam Cullen. And then we went back there and started putting the, the MMA back into it then. But uh yeah, we ended up competing in like wrestling for like four years or something just by uh, just by chance, really, because in the MMA gym, no in Southport, no one was turning up. So Carl used to take us to the wrestling gym instead, and then we ended up doing that. So that's how I got into it. Nice. Um, so I, I'm curious about your nickname. So we've got the Beast, and we've got the Southport Strangler, which in, in all honesty sounds like a murderer. <laughs> I'm sure I've seen Molly or Pazzi or someone put, put it up on, on Twitter when you announced no. the fight. Well, that's yeah. not my nickname. People keep saying that. I don't, everyone messes, like, jokes around the gym with it, but like you say, it sounds like a, like a serial killer, like a newspaper <laughs> headline. So I definitely, I'm not going with the Southport Strangler. So I, I I think it um it sounds good myself. I think you should should put that Nathan the support strangler. I think you should go with it honestly. <laughs> I mean it, it, it's fitting, isn't it? Because I do I do get a lot of strangles yeah. in fights. But um, someone suggested one yesterday uh, on like another interview I done was uh, flawless Nathan Fletcher, and I quite I quite like the sound of that because at the well at the minute. Obviously, I wouldn't be able to ever lose if I had that as my nickname, would I? Because I'm yeah. flawless. But for the time being, I quite like that because the alliteration's there, flawless Fletcher, and it, um, it yeah, it shows my uh, my style of fighting and my record quite well for now. Anyway, flawless at the minute. Yeah, it's quite a good, 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 good ring for it, definitely. Yeah, nice uh, one. What about you, Matt? Where did where did you get the beast from? Is that something you coined or was it given to you? Oh, you you can never give yourself your own nickname. That, that's the rule with <laughs> nicknames, I think. But I had uh, my coach at the time um, was trying to organise me uh, an MMA fight, and one of the coaches uh, said, "Oh, we're not fighting Matt Bonner. He's a beast." And so that was that. I thought, 
I'll nick that and I'll use that for the rest of my career. And the, the problem being with that is that there's about 12 beasts. Ashley Reese is a beast. <laughs> Eddie Hall is the beast. So it don't really stand out. I just have to become, I'll have to become the, the best beast in the world somehow. I guess. Yeah. I'll win the Cage Royce title and I'll be one of the best. But Was it always like, so you said yourself, Matt, uh, yeah, was, was it just the ultimate fighter that, um, that turned it into MMA. Was it ever the the plan to go into it, or were, were you solely sort of kickboxing for until you no, see? No, we it? we did. Uh, I say it started with Muay Thai because in Warrington, it's there's a race kind of quite a history of, of Muay Thai. We have some really good gyms in the area, really strong Thai gyms. And so if you're kind of doing combat sports in in Warrington, it was always going to be Thai boxing. Um, and you know, I'm I'm 30 years old now. When I was 10 years old. MMA barely even existed, so there was never an option to kind of go into MMA unless yeah. it was some kind of judo or, or kind of you know Japanese jiu-jitsu or something like that. But we actually, but when when can we stop training uh, Thai boxing? We, we was just going to stop and just well, leave leave it alone for a little bit, and then like I said, Dan Dan ended up turning it on TV and he got involved, and then we started watching that, and then we ended up watching the UFC. I think. Maybe the first event I saw was um, Gonzaga knocking out Crocot with the with the high kick. I think if I remember, and then we we were just hooked after that. We we loved it, and then like I say, we made made the effort to to get down and, and get involved. Um, like I said, didn't really look back from there to be honest. Yeah, hell of an event to for your first one to start off. Yeah, yeah, it was shocking. Yeah, it was ace. Um, so th- this one's for, for you, Nathan. I've seen and. A past interview, you've said, you know, you, you're going to win every fight. You're not going to lose. You know, you're undefeated. Where, where does that confidence come from? Is that something you've, you've always had since you were younger or is that just something that blooms as you went through your career? Yeah, I just think every fight I'm growing more and more confident. Um, I know how hard I train. I know the level of the guys I'm training with. I know how good my coaches are. Um, so there's a lot of things that go into it. But... Uh, yeah, I think it just comes from from my, my mindset and my work ethic. Like, I know there's not many people out there that are putting in as much time and effort as I am. Um, and, do you know what I mean? Someone's got to be the best, so why can't it be me? If I'm doing everything right and uh, leaving no stone unturned, then there's no reason that I can't be the best in the world. Do you know what I mean? Like I say, someone's got to be it. So, um, that's just my mindset towards it all. If I do everything right and put in the work, then there's no reason it can't be me. So, um yeah, that's where my confidence comes from. And then obviously getting finishes and winning all my fights, that only grows my confidence every time. So, um, yeah, just, just that really. Yeah. Uh, when did we both start? Were there any fighters that you just looked up to? Anyone you tried to sort of model your style off? Uh, <clears throat> I guess, I suppose for me, it was Bisping at the time. He was, he was pretty much... You know, at the current time, he was the only UK guy in the UFC. So that kind of gives you the motivation to think, I know what Nathan was saying there, if he can make it in and he's from the UK, why can't why can't I be able to do it? And like I said, we had that training background anyway. So, yeah, I guess I would say Michael Bisping. I, I, I'm not sure if he's, he's the favourite fighter or even if I've got a favourite fighter, but he, he probably made, he probably had the most influence because, like I said, he was from, he was just a Northern lad who was good at fighting and, now he's a multimillionaire, and even now, although he's retired, he's still still uh, commentating and doing his the, the show on. You know, he's 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 just a journalist and whatnot. So I guess he's he's been inspiring. I'm not sure if I'd say he was an inspiration, but it was certainly inspiring knowing that 
You know, he, you know he, there was a pathway there where for Bisping, there probably wasn't a pathway to get to the UFC. Yeah. And um, yeah, um, early, early on for me, I, I used to like watching Uriah Faber and um, all, all the alpha male guys because they're all small, like bands and weights, like wrestling style. Um, so I used to like watching them when I first got into it. But like to be honest, I like similar to where Matt takes inspiration from the likes of Bisping and that. I look at a lot of UK fighters like Jack Shaw, Nathaniel Ward, people like that who are you know my size, not much older than me, and been training similar sort of times me and stuff like that and they're doing good things in the UFC now so looking at them and seeing how their careers are going I know that if I keep doing the right things then I'm going to follow a similar sort of path to them so yeah I take, I take inspiration from loads of fighters though to be honest even just looking at the likes of Peter Yan and all the guys at the top of my weight class Dillashaw I used to look up to him a lot until he uh, until he got popped for cheating but um, <laughs> just, yeah well yeah so I don't look anymore like but until then I did but yeah just looking at all the uh, all the best guys around my size I like to take um, little bits from all of them do you know what I mean Um, I, I think Nathan you mentioned previously about all of you you know obviously go to the Cage Warriors event but can you talk about what's that like when the Lord is on your way there you've arrived and what, what that's like just going as as a team yeah, um, it's a boss atmosphere. I think out of all the gyms on Cage Warriors Next Gen, uh, usually have the most fighters on the card. I mean, like most of our pro team assigned with Cage Warriors. So every time there's a Cage Warriors on, there's always a few of us fighting. It just makes it easier going down, knowing that like all your teammates are with you. They're they're feeling the same as you. With, like the weight cut on that that week, you're all you're all going through it together. So it definitely um, spurs you on, makes it a lot easier. And then, like, getting to the Cage Warriors Hotel, these these last couple of trilogies have been sick because it's just full of like-minded people. You're around all of the fighters. You can go and talk to, to lads from other gyms and that. Um, it's just just a great atmosphere being around being around them all, do you know what I mean? So I really enjoyed it, um, the last one in December. So, yeah, I think it's boss. Yeah. Uh, Matt, you mentioned earlier your last fight was uh, against Matt Inman, very highly experienced fighter well-respected fighter. Uh, obviously, 2020 was a, a tough year with the pandemic and everything. Yeah. Uh, how important was it for you to, to end the year on a high note? Oh, it, it was dead important because, you know, I'd, I'd finished George Smith and I was proud of myself after that fight, but I've never kind of managed in my career to get that, that little winning streak going. I've always kind of been that win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. So for me to get two, two fights in a row against two really good guys was really important um, and again it was nice it, it was just nice to have a little bit of a a little bit of a scrap I tend to kind of say I'm going to have a scrap and then when I get in there I want to wrestle I want to grapple but I was you know, I, I knew as soon as I stepped in the cage you're going to go forward I, I remember the way cage always works is you've got like a warm up area and then you've got like a holding area just before you're about to go in to the cage so you can hear kind of the, the fight previous to you still going ahead and I remember kind of pacing up and down and saying to my coaches I'm going to knock him out I'm going to finish him and it's just nice to be able to follow through on that when you're in there and, and like I say it's I think for me I was always looking for that fight that I would, I would watch back on again and kind of be pleased with and be proud of and you know show people if it, without sounding you know too silly saying that um, and I, I kind of still watch that fight every other weekend just to it just gives me you know it's a smile on my face so yeah, well, I was really pleased with that fight. And like you say, you, you can finish 
finish the, the, the end of the year nice and strong. You can enjoy Christmas and then you can get ready for, for the next fight, you know, which is March 19th for me. So, currently, in in contrast to that, um, yourself, you've mentioned that before joining Next Gen, you used to train train yourself. Is, is that right? Yeah. Um, so, can, can you talk about how, like, how vital Next Gen has been to, to your growth as, as a fighter? And have you noticed, you know, many improvements since going there? It's been it's been massive, and I think it's probably. It, I don't know how to save my career, but it's put me on in, in, the, in the right direction. I think I was probably, you know, very naive when I was kind of training on my own. Well, not by myself, but I was going to gyms and I didn't really have any coach or anyone who was going to point me in the right direction. There wasn't really anyone who was massively experienced and there wasn't really anyone who did it for a full-time job. Um, if you go to next gen, there's about five coaches there and their whole, their, their full-time job is, is coaching MMA, you know, whether it's, jiu-jitsu or MMA or boxing or whatever they do, it, 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 that's their life. Um, and the kind of the coaches who I was with at the time would, you know, go and work eight hours in the office and then do two hours in the evening. Um, it just wasn't very really professional. And again, it's, I, 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 can, I can only blame myself for that, for kind of not, not putting myself in the environment like next gen where you are going to be pushed and your coaches are going to, know, tell you your weaknesses and are going to put you in positions where you're uncomfortable against guys, you know, against really, really strong sparring partners. Because I didn't really, for the most part, even spar. Um, before I kind of went to next gen, how, how silly that sounds, it was very much more like Thai sparring, where it was kind of tippy-tappy sparring and where, you know, that was the big difference coming to next gen. That was the biggest change for me was, you know, real hard sparring and, and being in the trenches a little bit and having to having to really work your way up out of them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I say, it is. It's a completely different feel, like Thai sparring to That's you know, right. sparring. It kind of, I think, it probably prepares you better for the fighting because yeah. you you know you haven't got that sort of what's it like getting it <laughs> feeling. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of preparing yourself already, aren't you? For sure. Uh, like you said, Nathan, you've got a four no record at the minute. Three out of the four being submissions. Uh, you mentioned about the wrestling. Is that just always? Is that just something that comes natural to you? Is it to look for the submissions? Yeah, I think um, to be honest with you, I think it's just because I put more time into the grappling than I have my striking. I think if I'd have put a similar sort of time into the wrestling that I did coming up, say say I did that with boxing instead, I think I'd fall back on my boxing more. But it just happened that um, I ended up going to Wigan and meeting Charlie and, and wrestling solely focusing on that for a few years that's why I've got that background in wrestling and grappling to fall back on um, so that, that's why I favour it but I definitely am becoming more well-rounded I feel a lot more confident in my striking but I'm not um, I'm not ignorant to the fact that me grappling is still superior so that's why a lot of me fights you see me take it to the floor and look to work my jiu-jitsu um, but I'd like I'd like to win a couple of fights by using me striking do you know what I mean and ev- eventually it'll come but it's sort of like path of uh, least resistance in it and at the minute I feel like my grappling's on another level to everyone I've fought so I'd be stupid not to just go in there and take them down and, and do what I'm good at but um, the striking's coming it's coming on each camp I'm getting better and better so you might see a knockout soon Yeah, fingers crossed uh, not unlike being a well-round having a more well-rounded game keeping your opponents on your toes and stuff like that so I'm sure it'll come with, with more time um, So for the for both of you now is is UFC something 
you're looking at this year, or do you think it might be a bit too early to be looking at the UFC as, as the next step? I think the thing with Cage Warriors is that the UFC is always, always going to be an opportunity because there's always a clear path there. It's, it's very much, even when you look at something like UFC Fight Island, you know, if, if a middleweight drops out or, you know, if someone in Nathan's division drops out, you could you could potentially get a call up for that. Um, I mean, and even if you don't, you're still working your way up to the title to, and then hopefully, you know, you defend the title and then off you go to the UFC. So I'm not sure about this year for me personally. Um, I'm kind of going to take one step at a time and, and just, just work my way towards that Cage Warriors title. But, you know, certainly if the, if the opportunity came around, you'd be grabbing that with both hands. I'd, I'd love to go and fight on Fire Island or go to Vegas. That would be, obviously, anyone who kind of competes in MMA wants to fight in UFC and I'm, I'm no different to anybody else when it comes to that. That's the, that's the ticket for me, certainly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the exact same. Obviously, the UFC is the end goal. That's why that's why I got into doing it. That's that's what I'm doing it for now, because I want to get to the UFC. Uh, I don't think this year, for me, really, I mean, I've only had four pro fights. So um, we'll see how many fights I can get this year. But um, like Matt said, well, we're in the right place. Cage Warriors is by far the best promotion to be fighting on in Europe if you want to um, if you want to go to the UFC. You just look at the track record. They've sent like nearly 100 fighters to the uh, to the UFC and most of the British stars that have come from um that are in the UFC now have come from Cage Warriors. Do you know what I mean? The likes of McGregor, there's been Yuani on Jacek, all them, all Jack Shaws, Nathaniel Woods, everyone who's in the UFC now has come through Cage Warriors. So we're definitely in the right place. But uh, I don't know about this year. I'm I'm not in a rush really. I'm only 23, so got a lot of time, still a lot of room to grow. Like I was saying before, me, you know, me striking's coming on each fight. I've got I know. Myself, I've got a lot of um, room for development before um, the finished product. So I wouldn't mind staying on Cage Warriors for the next couple of years even and building my skills and building my experience more. So when I do get to the UFC, I'm more than ready to get straight into the top 10 and be challenging for the belt. So I mean, I wouldn't want to go too early, come up against someone a higher level than me and get, get cut from the, uh, from the promotion. So I don't mind taking it slow. And you know, doing it properly and getting getting the experience I need before I go there. So I'm not in a rush. How much does it help having people like like me, Paul and Chris Fish Golden? You know, Paddy seems sort of on the cusp at the moment of being the next one to go into into the UFC. How, how much does it help training and, and just being around them in general? It helps a lot. Now, obviously, again, it's we're talking about pathways to get to UFC and Chris and Molly and Paddy. That you know they. They've shown the, the clear pathway. You know, you win at Cage Warriors, you win the belt, and then then you move on to to UFC. So, you know, to be surrounded by people, and obviously they've got loads of advice for, for you as well. And I assume, you know, if me and Nathan got in UFC, they'd you know they'd, they'd be open for us asking loads of questions, having conversations and stuff. And obviously, all the coaches. The the, the thing is, you know, because Molly and all the rest of it, and, and Chris have been there, and because of coaches, it's not this big new experience. You know, they're quite. It's quite not old news to them, but they've been there and they've done it, and they're going to approach it with calm and collectively, and not kind of be that kind of deer in the headlights attitude. I think so. Again, talking about you, you, you want a professional environment, you want professional coaches, and that's certainly what we've got at Next Gen. And um, can you use talk a bit? what it was like when you first rolled with, with um, Hall Rimmer, especially with him being one of the first people in Britain to, to, to get a, a black belt? 
Me, personally, I've I, never uh, rolled. So, sorry, Nathan, you go, bud. You go, bud. I was going to say, I've, I've rolled with Paul a few times and don't get anywhere near him, like, I'll be honest. I know Paul's <laughs> a lot bigger than me, to be fair. Do you know what I mean? He's got a, got a big weight advantage, but obviously his skills are fucking through the roof as well. So I remember the first time I rolled with him, I think he just north-south choked me about four or five times because um, he's got naughty top pressure. So that's my experience. That's what it's been like rolling with Paul. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Go on, Matt. What, what were you going to say? I've not. I've never rolled with Paul. I I've rolled more with, uh, especially for this camper guy called Ben Hill. Ben Hill's probably one of the best brown belts in the country at the moment. You know, top top guy in next gen. Um, and I I kind of said to Ben before I said, Ben, you know how how good is Rimmer in terms of how how good is Jiu-Jitsu? And he said he's in in terms of his technical level, his technical knowledge. He says he's absolutely world class. Yeah. I think he's probably maybe if you look at Paul, you, you might underestimate him slightly, but you know, he is in terms of his knowledge, um like, like Ben Hill said, he's world class, he, he knows what he's doing. And so if he if he gives you some advice, you certainly listen to it. Uh, I, I can't I was feel gonna say sorry, sorry gone. <laughs> can I add something to that quickly? What what Bonner was saying then? Yeah. I just think um, a good example of how good Paul is of a coach is if you look at all his students and like how all of our styles are completely different. Different, especially someone like Paddy, who's got like slick triangles, good arm bars and stuff, what's off his back. That's a completely different style of jujitsu to how Paul rolls. Do you know what I mean? Because Paul's built completely different. So that just shows how good his um, his knowledge is and his coaching ability to make people world class in areas where he's not particularly world class. Do you know what I mean? His style of jujitsu is completely different to someone like mine or someone like Paddy's, but um, he can still coach us to be world-class in them areas. So, you know, that just shows how, how good of a coach he is, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I was just going to say, I feel sorry for anyone who underestimates him. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> um, so, you won 2020 Breakthrough Fighter of the Year, Nathan, which I'm sure you were absolutely delighted with. Um, are you hoping 2021 is the year that you drop the Breakthrough part and just get Fighter of the Year? Hopefully, I've been breakthrough fighter twice, two years in a row now. So <laughs> I'm not quite sure how you can how you can break through twice in a row, but somehow I managed to do it. So maybe this year we'll go for fighter of the year. That'd be nice, or, or anything else, make you know submission of the year or fight of the year, or something like that. But anything other than breakthrough again, I don't want to be breaking through anymore. I feel like I've already done that now, so I want to move to the next the next stage of your career. Yeah, surely you can only break through so many times. I don't know exactly. Um, so, what what's your, your favorite thing about MMA and competing? Then, uh, for maybe winning. No, I know it sounds a bit silly that, but it's. Uh, I think you know. Again, talking about next gen, you, we're all we we talk about kind of eight week training camps and stuff like that. And we don't do eight week training camps. We train all the time. You might have a week off after you fight, but you're training all the time. So to put all that effort in, and you know, you have your little niggles and little injuries and stuff, but to put all the effort in and all the sacrifice that, you know, most fighters have to go through and then to get the win at the end, you know, it is satisfying, especially with being on a big stage now and, you know, your mum and your dad and your brothers and sisters all watching on, on, on the TV, on USC Fight Pass and all the rest of it. So, yeah. you know, to, to win and make them all proud of you, it's uh, it's very satisfying. Yeah, absolutely. I'd agree with that. I'd say winning is definitely the best part of it. That's why we do it. Do you know what I mean, that feeling of... Uh, Getting your hand raised after a fight, there's nothing, there's nothing you can do that compares to that feeling. Like just the the feeling of relief and the joy that you get when you know you've been through it all, you've put in the hard work, you've done everything that you need to do, and then it pays off, and you win. 
and just every time it gets better and better it's not like it's, it's not worn off yet do you know what I mean every fight that you get in there and it's the same feeling afterwards just just an overwhelming sense of like relief and joy uh, and other than that just like the, the constant improvement you've got to do something I love about MMA is that there's never you're never a finished product there's so many things to work on whether it's your striking or your grappling or you know your wrestling your, your cage work your strength and conditioning there's just so many aspects of the game you can never get bored it's not like say for example if I was just like boxing all the time and all I had to work on was you know four or five six different punches and, and that was it like I, I don't know if I'd get fed up with that but with MMA there's just you can go through phases of loving jiu-jitsu and being into watching that and rolling all the time and then you can go through phases of watching loads of Thai and, and trying to work a bit of that into your style and then switching it up and you know some of the lads in our gym have got like karate and taekwondo backgrounds so you can practice you know a few of the kicks on the pads with them and stuff there's just there's just nothing uh, there's no um, there's no end to the skills you can get and the, yeah. how much better you can get so I love that part of it as well definitely yeah, yeah. Uh, so Matt obviously you mentioned you've got a few losses on your record unfortunately are, are you the type of fighter who takes a lot from your, your losses like you, you learn a lot from yeah sure um, this is why I always say to guys who, who might ask me advice on, on kind of amateur level that that's really when you want to be taking your losses and learning and stuff i, I kind of did it ass backwards you know nathan's done it the right way he's, he's gone to the right gym at the right time they've built him up nicely and he's that that's not he, all the opponents he's fought have been you know very very good high quality and he's, he's been able to smash the room but if you look at nathan he's done it right i kind of did it all ass backwards uh, which is why i've kind of got the the losses on my record but it's kind of like you mentioned. Um, if you're going to lose, you best had learned from it as well. I think that the last loss against Jamie Richardson, um, I learned so much from that. Um, a hell of a lot. I'm almost a different, maybe not even a different fight, but maybe a different person. There's definitely a different mentality there. I hope people can see that when I'm fighting. That there's there's, there's a different kind of fight than than there was when I fought Jamie. Um, so yeah, like I say, if you are going to lose and you are going to through the go go through the heartbreak of losing. And at least learn from your mistakes and, and become better from it. And that's what I've you know, tended to do as I've I've lost some fights. I've always come back as a slightly better version. This one's for, for you, Nathan. It might sound mad, but do, do, you, do you think you've got a, a similar path in cage warriors like that of Max Holloway in UFC? Obviously, you've been with them since 2017. You're still young. And we've, we've, seen, we've seen you grow. In that time, would you say that like that was a an all right comparison? So <laughs> I'll take it. Compared to Max Holloway, I'll definitely say that like he's he's one of the best to ever do it. But uh, I know what you mean. Like I think it was me third amateur fight I had was in the Echo Arena on Cage Warriors on one of Paddy's undercards. So straight away, uh, I've been in in the Cage Warriors changing rooms. I've been fighting in arenas. I've been around it all. I've been there when Graham gives his pre-fight talk um, been to all the weigh-ins and stuff so I've been around Cage Warriors since I was actually about 18 years old uh, and I think it's definitely helped because now I've only four fights into my pro career but I just feel so comfortable around everyone from Cage Warriors I know all the staff members I know most of the other fighters um, I feel like I've got a good relationship with everyone on there so I definitely think yeah I, I've uh, I've grown my career on Cage Warriors and that is like I said before the best platform to do it on in Europe because you're going to you're going to compete in MMA at a high level in Europe, then Cage Warriors is the place to do it. So um, I made up that I've done that. And that just shows, again, like like Matt was saying, picking the right gym because yeah. Next Gen has got 
a boss relationship with uh, cage warriors. Paul and Graham are good mates, and um, all of our fighters tend to go through cage warriors. So um, it's just down to that, really. I made it wasn't even me that made the decision. Actually, it was my mate Adam Cullen. He found next gen for us, but thank God he did because yeah. he found the right place for us to go. Do you know what I mean? And then been fortunate enough to develop my career on cage warriors. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you mentioned Matt that you in K- in next gen. Sorry, you don't really have like a, a training camp per se. Um, does it help when in the build up to the fight start, sort of the intensity is just the same as it is all year round? You're not having to up your levels or anything because obviously you will up your levels, but you don't have to as much because you're kind of just always there anyway. Well, that's right. You kind of like you've mentioned there, you get used to that intensity and your body gets used to it. And obviously if, if you did get kind of pick up little niggles and stuff, you have to manage them. We've got a guy called Ty Squires who, who comes into next and then he'll, he'll give you a sports massage or address any injuries that you've had. But as long as you keep on top of those injuries, I, I, I've never, I've never you know, found a reason why I shouldn't kind of be in the gym. And I've always wanted to be in the gym. Um, I can never really understand these guys who they'll have this, like we say, this eight-week, ten-week training camp, and then you won't see them until you know, six weeks later when maybe another fight's on the cards. And I think that's it's just the wrong mentality. You have to stay, stay training, stay you know with your strength and conditioning. Work on the weaknesses. Even if you win a fight, there's normally something you can break down and something that you can work on. Um, so yeah, for sure, you definitely. I enjoy being in the gym and. I think maybe again, maybe that's something about next gen is all the lads get on. It's a good atmosphere in there, and we all just want to get better, and we can kind of help each other with with uh, with doing that. Yeah. Oh, the, 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 this question, uh, both of again, it's kind of come from uh, the card that's gone with with UFC. Um, if there was one rule you could take out or put in MMA, what would it be? question i yeah uh, i don't really mind the rule set as it is i quite like the way the way things are and uh, one rule what would what would you take out matt i don't know uh this is probably going to be quite controversial but i i've always uh preferred pride rules in terms of kicking kicking the head on the floor you horrible yeah. bastards yeah, i know <laughs> <laughs> you take something like that as well I, know. I, I think i think yeah i think if we're gonna do it why don't we do it why don't we uh Take these. I I just I think I hate these guys who, who want to just drop down and pull guard. Yeah, that, that's what kind of irritates me. So I think if you if you've got the kind of the danger of you know kicking to the head, that maybe that would take that that kind of aspect out of out of MMA because it's not entertaining to watch when somebody does that, and it's not kind of relevant to self defense in any way. You would never do that you know outside a nightclub on the pavement. You wouldn't ever fall to your back and expect someone to come into your guard. So mm. yeah, I kind of, I kind of like the idea of uh, allowing. Kicks to the head on the on the floor. Yeah, I can see. I can see how that'd make it better. To be fair, yeah. I mean, if someone can volley you in the head standing up, then why can't they volley you in the head when you're <laughs> when you're on the floor? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's going to do the same sort of damage in it, so yeah, it makes sense. So, w- w- would you then remove the rule of being a, a down opponent then with, with what you've just said? Yeah, yeah, so. probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think. I just think it's kind of. It's just messy. It's one of those messy rules. Is his hand on the floor? Is it not? Is he playing the game? Is he doing it on purpose? Just get rid of it. And then, you know, what happens, what happens? Um, yeah, I, you saw it with Jan and Sterling, didn't we? It's just, mm. it's caused all that controversy and it's just a bit silly. Again, at the end of the day, I know martial arts is a sport and whatnot, but it's born from self-defence and that's nothing you would ever do 
in a street fight. Um, so for me, yeah, certainly get get rid of it and yeah, crack on. Yeah, lovely. <laughs> Speaking of the fight with uh, Jan and Sterling, just for a second, uh, what did you make of of Sterling? A lot of people are saying he was faking it that he wasn't really hurt and he just wanted the belt because he knew he was he was losing. What what was your take on it, both of you? I think, yeah, I think he probably was hurt. Um, it was a clean shot on it. He got need right in the head. Yeah. I think in the heat of the moment, there's probably a lot of things going through his mind. He knows he's tired. He knows he's probably down on the scorecards. It's a way out. You don't know. You don't know what, like you say, you're in a very heightened sense, especially if you're in a world title fight. You know what I mean? Just being in a fight on Cage Warriors is mad enough. You, your head's everywhere. You're thinking a million miles an hour. Um, so I don't blame him for, for doing what he did. Re- realistically, he could have said, no, yeah, I'm fine to continue, stood up, been concussed from the shot and then ate a right hand, got dropped and lost the fight and then his rematch is gone and yeah. and all of that. So in terms of his career, I think he's done the smart move. What he shouldn't have done is gone on Instagram afterwards and started posting pictures with the belt and all his boys yeah. like celebrating. That's what's kind of riled everyone up and been a bit like, fucking hell, like, come on, you, obviously you're not the champ, are you? You didn't, you didn't win it. But um, by... by um, Saying he couldn't continue in that, I think that was the that was the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, I think I agree with that. And I think you know, again, it, this might not be the, like, the most honourable thing to say, but if Sterling loses that fight, he loses his win bonus. You're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars now. And again, you know, going into the next fight against Jan, even if he loses, he's 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 going to have more money because he's a champion, surely, uh, mm, more sponsorship. Yeah. Um, so yeah, kind of the sensible decision is, you know, what he did was was claim that he was concussed or whatever. You know, nobody knows but Sterling. Um, but yeah, I can kind of see why people would say, you know, he wasn't hurt and he, he embellished on it. But personally, myself, I would possibly would have done the same as what Sterling does. I certainly understand why he did what he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what's um, in in your careers at the moment, what's your biggest accomplishment and what accomplishments are you working towards? Um, good question. Accomplishments I'm working towards is a goal of mine has always been obviously to win the Cage Warriors Bantamweight title first yeah. and then go on to the UFC and win the UFC world title. They're, they're the two goals that I've got long term. Uh, I think in terms of what I've already achieved... Um, just every fight is a small accomplishment I think a big highlight of my career was, was my third pro fight I fought in Manchester um, and I sold the most tickets I've ever sold for a fight this was right before um, we, we went into the first lockdown yeah. uh, sold about 110 tickets or something like that I had all my friends there all my family um, and then I finished the guy in the first round that was when I fought that uh, Joanne Sagas the French guy and um that was just a, just an unreal night, and it just just getting on the cage after the win, looking into the crowd and seeing that many people there cheering for me. It proper, um, it was like a moment that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. Do you know what I mean? So that was like a standout um, part of my career so far, definitely. I think for myself, uh, I know I've mentioned this kind of earlier on in the podcast, but I think it was that Matt Inman fight where you know I was. It was a good fight. He still gets talked about in the gym occasionally. Um, which is nice, and oh, his face was proper smashed up at the end. So that was, again, it, it's just nice to because everyone knows who Matt Inman is, and everybody respects Matt Inman. And the guys who I talked to who, who, who trained with guys from SVG or know Matt have always said, you know, oh, everyone thinks Matt's going to win, Matt Inman's going to win, and this, this, and this. So 
know, I, I've always kind of been that underdog. So to, to win that Matt Inman fight, um, yeah, I love that. I love that fight. Um, and similar to what kind of Nathan said in terms of the goal is is obviously to win that cage wise middleweight belt and say so hopefully with this this fight with James Webb that'll be that'll be one step closer and that's uh, like you say that that's the pathway to UFC win the cage wise belt and then then defend it a few times and then then move on to the UFC hopefully yeah, yeah. so um, to, to go off that then um, I see what you what's your opinions on on the champions obviously with with you you matters Matthias Frederick and you uh, and it's Jack Cartley. It's good. I know with, with these fights coming up, you're going to you're going to win. I believe as well. And um, so, what are your opinions and of, of the champions? Do you want to go first, Matt, on that one? Uh, yes, I mean, um, Natius. He's 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 a he's a bit of a funny one, Natius, because he's he's super strong. And he's powerful, and he commits to every single shot that he throws. But there's a there's an awful lot of kind of gaps there, weaknesses. Um, he's he's very predictable in terms of he's always going to be the aggressive fighter. He never wants to take a step backwards. So there's maybe you know some things there that you can maybe make him walk onto shots. Um, like a, he, he's it's a strange one because I'll talk to people about Natius and they'll say, oh my god, you're not going to fight him, are you? Because he's he has knocked out people in, in one punch. I mean, knocked out Jamie Richardson in kind of spectacular fashion in the last cage warriors. But if you kind of pick him apart, and you, you know, Frederick is well, like I mentioned before, very predictable. And if you can dodge his power for maybe the first two three minutes of the, of the round, then you're probably laughing for, for for the next you know two three minutes that you've got. So although you've got to be careful, he's powerful. He's got that knockout power very explosive. His technical abilities is really quite poor, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. I um, I actually rate Cartwright, to be honest. I think he's very good. Um, he's like, what, nine and I or something. I think he's got eight finishes. Um, he hits hard for a bantamweight. Looks like he's got decent wrestling. Uh, I don't know I don't know how good his jiu-jitsu is, but his overall game he seems pretty well-rounded and he comes to fight. I mean, I've uh, I've been around him before at the weigh-ins and stuff, and you can tell, you know, who thinks that a dog's bollocks and who who's a bit shy in a way. And Cartwright's definitely got that about him, where you can tell you speak to him and that he, you know, what I mean, he knows, yeah. or he thinks he knows. I mean, that he's a boy and that. So, yeah, I rate him. To be honest, I think he's got a fight coming up now on this trilogy, and I think if he wins that, he's he's going to go to the UFC. To be honest, because he's he's like said nine and ten and or something with uh, eight or nine finishes. So yeah. I can't see me fighting him on Cage Warriors. It could be a fight further down the line at the UFC. But in terms of his game, yeah, he's sim- similar to like what Matt was saying about the middleweight champ. He's, he's fairly um, basic. Do you know what I mean? He's just got a yeah. good right hand and a decent sprawl. He's like a sprawl and brawl style. Um, so I think where I've got a bit more of a well-rounded game, I could definitely pose him problems. Um, but that's not a fight I'm really too focused on because I feel like He's a little bit further on in his career than me. He's probably going to be getting signed to the UFC after this fight, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you've, you've mentioned UFC is, is the the main goal for both of you at the minute. Um, is it is it a case of UFC or not, or would you you know would you be interested if, if Bellator or or one or even some you know a, one of the sort, sort of smaller ones like PFL, if they approached you, would would obviously would that be something that interested both of you? 
Yeah, I think you have to kind of keep your options open with that sort of thing. Again, everyone wants to fight in the UFC because they're the, the daddy of combat sports, and I think they're probably going to be for the foreseeable future. But that's not to say PFL or One FC or Bellator or anywhere else doesn't. You know, they still pay good money. They still um, broadcasted on on live TV and whatnot. So again, the UFC would be, I guess, the first choice. But that's that's not to say the other organisations aren't um, aren't a good pick as well. Yeah, I'd say for me, it's definitely the UFC is where I want to be. Um, where I'm at now, I can say that in my career, I'm so early on, so I've got my um, sights fully set on the UFC, but that doesn't mean to say, like like Matt was saying, the other, the other organisations are only getting bigger, and at the end of the day, we're doing this, we're prize fighters, aren't we? So whoever's offering the most money as well, you've also got to take that into account. Um, so I think anywhere I could earn a living fighting professionally, I'd be happy to fight it for, but Obviously, the main goal is to be the UFC world champ because then you're recognised as the best fighter in the world. Like, you even see the likes of Michael Chandler, who I've always rated very highly. But when he was coming into the UFC, everyone was kind of like, oh, he's not proved himself in the big leagues yet. Uh, obviously, Michael Chandler was like a Bellator world champ. He's one of the best to do it. But he didn't have that um, He didn't have that recognition as being one of the best just purely because he was outside of the UFC. So I think for me, uh, I definitely want to be want to be looking to get signed to the UFC and, and go and win the UFC title. Yeah. yeah. I think with you saying about uh, Chandler there as well, I think Ben Askren coming in to the UFC a couple of years back has kind of made people think that Bellator and one aren't as, aren't as good because we didn't really see the Ben Askren in the UFC that we did see in, in the likes of Bellator and one. So I think it's given yeah. people a sort of uh, unfair opinion on Bellator and one. Yeah, I'd agree with that, definitely. Askren was um, a bit past it, wasn't he, when he signed for the UFC? definitely wasn't the same Askren that, like you say, he was fighting on one and fighting on Bellator. So, yeah, a lot of the casuals will see that and think, oh, well, obviously, those aren't um, those leagues aren't as good as the UFC. I mean, like in, in some senses, they're not. Do you know what I mean? The UFC is recognised as the best for, the, for a reason. Um, but there's definitely high-level world-class fighters in, in all those top organisations. So I've got a, a few questions left, uh, more to do with your, your your teammates. Quick, quick fire questions. Oh, do, do you have any more questions, Jay? I'll, I'll just fire them uh, off. Don't just the one, and I'll if you want to fire them off, I can end with my one. Then. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, who is the prankster in the gym? Paddy, I would think. Paddy. Yeah. yeah. Paddy, definitely. Even that answer coming a mile off. <laughs> That's not hard to guess that one, is it? No, no, not at all. Um, who's the quietest, but then is like a killer once they, they fight? I you say Bonner's one of them, to be honest, Matt. You're a bit of a chill guy, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you were going to say that. I think maybe uh, Liam Gittins is a good shout as well. You know, he's yeah. he, he may be not quiet, but he's, he's no. the nicest kid going, but he's, he's a killer when he gets in there. That's it. I was going to say he's not—he's not quite quietly. I mean, he's quite That's loud, right. Isn't he? But, but I, I hope uh, I don't—I hope I don't share a room with Liam Gittins at the next trilogy. You know, I think you, you be about five o'clock in the morning. I think. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um. So this one might be be similar to the first one, but it's who who's like the comedian who just loves to make everyone laugh. Again, I think Poy Paddy, but I think. Uh, Ben, Ben Kelly, Ben Patches Kelly yeah. is quite a funny kid as well. Yeah, he is funny. I was going to say Ben or Fran. 
Brambry yeah, as well. Yeah, he he has course, me in yeah. stitches. Yeah. Fran's like the oldest 20-year-old you'll ever meet. Like even when, <laughs> when I started the gym, Fran was about 16, but he's best mates with Ellis and the older lads in the gym. So you're meeting him, you think, who's this man in a child's body? Do you know what I mean? He's so like, he's just a, just a proper scouser, Fran. Do you know what I mean? So he, uh, he cracks me up as well. Um, who is the biggest drab in the gym? Nathan, I would have said, personally. I don't think there's many many lads in there who work as hard as Nathan. I thought he said, I, did he say, what was the question? Sorry, I thought he said drama queen. He works the hardest. <laughs> oh, look at I was going to say about drama queen. Oh, nice one. Nice one, man. Um, yeah, uh, there's a few of us, to be honest. I'd say Matt. Me and Matt definitely are two hard workers. Cullen puts it Cullen, in yeah. when he's when he's in when he's not had eye surgery. Um, all the lads that working hard kittens puts it in. Do you know what I mean? He's got some mentality in when you're sparring him. He's like a non-stop pace. So all of us really, all of us are putting it in and, and working hard. Talking about Ben Kelly as well. You know, he, he's gone yeah. done like four training camps in a row and not even had a fight. Um, That's it. Yeah. He's, he's thinking about maybe uh, making his pro debut in August possibly. So yeah. all that work will kind of. Uh, Hopefully, pay off for him. Yeah, same thing. I just want to say with uh, Connor Wilson as well, who I do a lot yeah, of my sure, training yeah. with. Connor's a pro flyweight, he's one to know, but um, he's not been able to fight because he's not on cage warriors. But as soon as he gets signed to cage warriors, he's gonna absolutely run through everyone in the flyweight division. He's a beast. Um, and uh, yeah, I can't wait for him to get signed and just smoke all them because I know how good he is. I'm, I'm training with him and sparring with him day in, day out. So, Connor's another one who, who works really hard. Yeah, I'm so forward to. Uh, since you brought it up, Nathan, who is the biggest drama queen? Um, that's a good question. I don't, don't really want to say. <laughs> don't have anyone. Who's the biggest drama queen? Oh, and Joel, Down- Joel Downey Cave. <laughs> He's Australian dude with us. He's a bit of a drama queen sometimes. Um, and uh, the, the last one then is who's like the person that really gives you that big push when you're feeling that you're, you're weakest or you feel you can't push on as much as that person that goes, you know, come on, let's keep going, you know, who gives you that biggest push? I think Rim is okay at doing that. I think Rim is quite good, especially when you're in the cage. You know, for my uh, last fight, Matt Inman, if, if you kind of watch that fight, all you can hear is Rimmer all the way through the fight. Oh, world title, Matt, and pressure, pressure, pressure. Go forward, go forward. Yeah. I think um, both him and Ellis cornered that fight absolutely perfectly, to be fair. Yeah, I'd agree there. I'd say um, Rimmer definitely knows how to spur us on. He's got a good way with words. And then Ellis mm-hmm. as well puts a lot of time into all of us. And um, how committed he is as a coach makes you want to be mm-hmm. committed as a fighter and work hard, do you know what I mean? Because Ellis puts so much time into us all. And he's kind of like the, uh, the unsung hero of the gym, do you know what I mean? He doesn't get sometimes as much recognition as he deserves because Ellis mm. is like in the gym every day with us coaching us all. He's basically a joint head coach with Rimmer um, for us all. So Ellis as well pushes us on 100%. He, he's also a fighter as well, isn't he, Ellis? that right? Yeah, he's not fought for a while now. He's taken on more of a coaching role. Um, he had a kid not too long ago. Oh, really? Yeah. So I don't know if he's... I don't think he'll, he'll get back in there. He's, um, he's doing very well with the coaching at the minute. So, But you never know. Could always yeah. get back in there and have one more. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so to wrap it up, um, Liverpool as a city, we're very lucky to have you know quite a few really high calibre gyms. Obviously, next gen you've got uh, Carbon and MMA Academy are 
you know, just a few that stand out. Do you think Liverpool can can push on and be sort of the main city for MMA in the UK? Uh, for sure. Yeah, I think so. I, th- I was kind of speaking to this um, to somebody the other day and it's kind of that scout attitude. If they, they all just want to fight. None of them are scared. <laughs> they don't care about... They'll kind of go through your three punches to land one. I think it's just... I don't know. It's the mentality that I kind of have picked up on since, since being there. There's no... Kind of no fear inspiring. They're all tough as nails and, and obviously when you put the technical ability on top of that and you've got the skills, skills as well. Um, but there's a reason why I come over from Warrington and, and Nathan comes over from Southport, you know, to to, yeah. to travel to, to 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 Liverpool and next gens because, you know, regarding the north of England, um, possibly the UK, they are, it's the, it's the place to be for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree there. I think Liverpool definitely in the next sort of um, four or five years, you're going to see so many UFC fighters and Cage Warriors champions coming from all the uh, all the gyms in Liverpool. Um, especially next gen, do you know what I mean? The group of guys we've got coming up are just such a high level now and all so hard working. Um, and there's no bitching in the gym, like what Matt said. It's probably that, that scouse attitude. They're all just hard nosed and willing to come in every day and, and put the work into uh, reap the rewards. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I can definitely see Liverpool taking over. And I think we're already on our way there with you know Darren Till being in the UFC, being a big name, and then obviously you've got the likes of Molly and Fishy and then. Paddy's probably one fight away from getting signed. And then after him, that's just opening the door even more for the likes of me, Matt, and all the other lads in our gym who are going to get signed in the next couple of years. So there's big things coming, definitely. Yeah, looking forward to seeing it all. Uh, well, again, thanks very much for taking the time today, lads. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, best of luck in your fights next week. Know for a fact you're going to get the wins and uh, move on to bigger and better things. Thanks very much. Really enjoyed it. He's right, boys. Nice one. Cheers for having us on. Nice one. Thanks. Anytime. It was super necessary. <laughs>